Okay, uh, welcome to my presentation. Uh, my name is Philipp Röttgers and um, today I'm going to talk about Jack der Aufschlitzer or Hans der Schlitzer or whichever German version of the name Jack the Ripper you prefer. Um, thanks for having me. I'm going to give a talk about the German perception of the Ripper murders from 1888 to today or Jack the Ripper, the Traveler Beyond Time and Place. And a little bit about myself, maybe. Some of you know me, some of you don't. Uh, my name is Philip Rettgas, and I am a writer, historian, musician uh, in, constant, uh, in constant search for London's spirit. Uh, I'm from Germany, and I am German, uh, as you can already tell by my name, uh, Philip Röttgers is a very German name, so you can call me Phil if you like. And um, for those of you that don't know me, uh, I studied English literatures and cultures and I've been fascinated, or I am fascinated, by uh, the search for London's spirit. Um, it's become a journey beyond time and place for me literally. <laughs> um, and along this journey, I published a book called London and its Genius Lockheye. Um, I wrote several articles and essays for various magazines. I've been in the, I was in the Ripperologist uh, also. Uh, I walked the city alone as a tour guide um, and just for myself. And uh, on my website, London Beyond Time and Place, I started a quite success, successful a series of interviews uh, where I talked to Londoners and non-Londoners um, about uh, their love for the city, their connection to the city. And every episode has another um, guest, another guest speaker. And uh, we talk about their own personal perception of London, but also uh, about one main topic that they are an expert in. Uh, for example, I had Richard Jones as my guest. Um, I think most of you, if not all, probably all of you know uh, Richard. Um, I did a couple of tours with him also. And um, yeah, as I said, the uh, series, the show became quite successful. <laughs> and it actually started during lockdown. So uh, yeah. It, I've been doing it for, for quite some time now, even the first lockdown, um, two years ago, not the first, but the second, doesn't matter. Anyway, I started doing that and um, yeah, I wrote a lot of uh, articles, a lot of essays, I mentioned that already, uh, and I am in constant search for London spirit and my entrance to this constant search uh, have been, has been, have been, uh, the Ripper murders. I typed Jack the Ripper into Google when I was 16. The idea came out of the blue, out of nowhere, still don't know where this thought came from. And uh, I've been hooked and fascinated ever since. And the murders and the history and the area have been my, my basis, if you like, for exploring London's dark and mysterious uh, past and present also. And uh, yeah, I think they are a very good starting point to enter this kind of realm, <laughs> if you like. Um, 
so yeah, you can see me here in front of Tower Bridge, obviously, uh, down there I'm with Richard Jones and uh, author, American author Bradley Harper. That was during a, uh, a walk that Richard did with us and our families. Um, that's in front of the Sherlock Holmes pub, close to Trafalgar Square. Um, we did a, a private haunted West End tour. Uh, up there I am with Dominic Scherer. He's uh, a Swiss composer, but he lives in London. He's been living in London for years and years and years. Uh, and he is the composer of the soundtrack of Ripper Street of the TV show, which is kind of my personal um, soundtrack for my London uh, ramblings. <laughs> uh, and in fact, he's sitting in the uh, old Truman Brewery buildings on Brick Lane. So it was quite nice to visit him there. Um, there I am with Elva Trill. She's an Irish, uh, Irish actress. And uh, she has also been in River Street. She was also in River Street. And in fact, that was in the Ten Bells. We did an interview there uh, in the Ten Bells that you can see. You can see and watch uh, and listen to my, my talks and my interviews on YouTube and also on Spotify uh, and other uh, streaming platforms. And down there, I'm obviously in front of Christchurch during a private Ripper tour uh, that I did. Uh, I think the picture was taken last year or maybe the year before. I'm not sure. Anyway, enough about me. <laughs> um, I will now, without further ado, come to the main topic uh, of my presentation. Uh, oh, first of all, I wanted to mention I wrote two books. I said that already. I told you I wrote one. Uh, but the first one is about my favorite band, Genesis. It's called Two Eras of Genesis, The Development of a Rock Band. And the second book is London and its Genius Loci, A Journey Beyond Time and Place. And the church that you can see on the cover is St. Anne's Limehouse, one of the Hawksmoor churches. Uh, might be familiar to some of you. And um, yeah, now I'm going to come to the main topic. Um, a German perception of the Ripper murders, murders. And if I have a bit of time at the end, I will include a bit about how I got into uh, the Ripper murders as a young boy from Germany who typed Jack the Ripper into Google when he was 16. Uh, and you can see where it led to <laughs> uh, when you see my London ramblings. But um, yeah, maybe I'll add a bit of a of, of an own perspective to that. But first of all, I'm going to start with the uh, or a selection, if you like, uh, a selection of uh, newspaper articles and um, yeah, press reports from that time from German newspapers or German speaking newspapers. And we're going to start with this little comic here, which you already saw on the first page of the presentation. And uh, this is from an Austrian newspaper, uh, Der Floh, The Flea, from December the 2nd, 1888. And um, I'm going to show you what it says. Of course, I'm going to add the translation, otherwise it would be quite boring for you. Um, it says, London, uh, London season fashion, since the arm of the law has proved insufficient there, women should seek protection at the hand of fashion. And I thought it was quite a nice little 
image here. Uh, it's almost one is almost reminded of an Iron Maiden. Um, so yeah, I think it would probably have been helpful <laughs> for the ladies of the East End if they had that kind of dress would probably have protected them from the Ripper. So let's start. I'm going to show you some uh, articles from various newspapers. And the thing that I found during my research was that um, um, there are quite a lot uh, of reports and articles in German newspapers from that time. So it is true, at least from, from, from this point of view, that um, the Ripper murders, you know, they were reported about all over the world um, and people seem to have been fascinated by it. So it's not, it was not only English newspapers, as you all know, or British newspapers, but um, also a lot of foreign newspapers. And I know that some um, newspapers had their journalists, uh, they had sent them to London in 1888 so uh, that they can be at location, if you like. Uh, but what many of them did, and we'll see that in one or two examples, is that they just kind of, they just took the British newspaper articles and translated them into the German and then sent it to their, um, to, to the German offices in Germany. So uh, yeah, some of the articles are quite familiar to us when, or for me, when I translated them from German into English because I thought that's exactly the same article that we that we have read about uh, three years and years and years now. Um, but let's start. So we the the newspapers they started quite early onwards to report about the uh, the murders, but obviously they started rather heavily to write about the. Um, the murders uh, after the murder of Annie Chapman. So since the um, the 8th of September, uh, the, there were more reports about the murders and the conditions in the East End um, appearing in not only British newspapers, but also in German newspapers. So I picked out uh, one example from the 12th of September. Uh, it's from the Kölnische Zeitung, a Cologne newspaper. And it says, die Menschen können es nicht verstehen, wie ein solcher Mord möglich ist in einer Nachbarschaft, die zu den dichtest Bevölkerten gehört, wo die Arbeit schon vor Tagesanbruch beginnt, wo ein beständiger Zu- und Abzug von Menschen stattfindet und wo der von oben bis unten mit Blut bespritzte Mörder nur durch ein Wunder wachsamen Augen entgehen kann. And in English it says, uh, people cannot understand how such a murder is possible in a neighborhood that is one of the most densely populated, where work begins before daybreak, where there is a constant influx and outflow of people, and where the murderer is splattered with blood from top to bottom, can escape watchful eyes only by a miracle. So uh, it's basically the same kind of um, topics and problems they are dealing with um, that, are, that is familiar, that are familiar from the British newspaper articles. Um, it becomes quite interesting uh, when Charles Ludwig appears on the scene, Karl Ludwig, because Charles Ludwig or Karl Ludwig was from Germany, he was German. So of course there was quite an, uh, a huge interest in him 
uh, and reporting on him uh, in the German papers. But what I, when I read about him, what I found was that, and you will see this here, you can see this here, is that although he was from Germany and there was a lot of interest in uh, what happened to him and if he had been the Whitechapel murderer, um, there were, they, they also just translated the English texts, the English uh, newspaper articles into German without, I don't know, researching a bit further, which I thought was quite remarkable. Uh, since maybe they would have had the opportunity to take a look at him uh, or his family background or whatever uh, in more detail or maybe, um, yeah, have just a different look at him. So what we have here um, uh, is uh, also from the Cologne newspaper, Kölnische Zeitung. It's from the 21st of Sept September 1888. And it says, Bald nun ergab sich, dass er schon wegen Mordversuchs verfolgt wurde, denn eben am selben Morgen ward er von einem Polizisten in Gesellschaft einer Straßendirne unter einem Eisenbahnbogen entdeckt. Die Dirne schrie Mord und flehte den Polizisten an, sie zu befreien, was dieser auch tat, aber ohne den Mann zu verhaften. Sie fasste sich inzwischen und sagte am Ende der Straße angekommen, »Oh Gott, wie er mich erschreckte, als er ein großes Messer herauszog!« Entsetzt sagte der Polizist, »Aber weshalb haben Sie mir das nicht gleich gesagt?« weil ich zu sehr erschreckt war, antwortet sie. Das Weitere bleibt nun abzuwarten. And in English it is, It soon became apparent that he was already being prosecuted for attempted murder, for that very morning he was discovered by a policeman in the company of a harlot under a railroad arch. The harlot screamed murder and begged the policeman to free her, which he did, but without arresting the man. She meanwhile composed herself and, arriving at the end of the street, said, Oh God! How he frightened me when he pulled out a big knife. Horrified, the policeman said, but why didn't you tell me right away? Because I was too scared, she replied. What happens next will now remain to be seen. So you see, it's basically the same uh, report that we already know, or that is the familiar Charles Ludwig uh, report that you can read everywhere. So the German version is just a translation of the English version. And I translated it now back and saw that it was that way. But then I think this is where uh, it might be useful to have a look at certain uh, suspects, witnesses, texts, statements, whatever, uh, from their linguistic and cultural point of view. Uh, because we often tend to, which is no it's not that, diff I mean, it's natural to look at the uh, English-speaking sources for many things. Um, I'll come to that in a minute because we don't have a huge, for example, in Germany, we don't have a huge community. So there isn't that much research about the Ripper. Anyway, so what's interesting about Charles Ludwig, something that I thought immediately when I dealt with him, uh, was that his name um, I have a theory, <laughs> if you like, I have a theory about his name. So Charles Ludwig, Karl Ludwig, Karl Ludwig Betzel. Charles Ludwig or Karl Ludwig was also known as Charles or Karl Betzel. And my theory goes, it's not a theory, it's just kind of a logical step-by-step uh, -step, um, kind of thought process, is that, um, first of all, Charles Ludwig is obviously the anglicized 
version of his German name, Karl Ludwig. Second, Karl and Ludwig are both German first names. And third, the name Wetzel is a frequent last name in Germany. So his full name might have been Karl Ludwig Wetzel. Karl and Ludwig are uh, being the first names and Wetzel the family name. And on arrival in England, at least that's what I think might have happened. Um, this might have turned into Karl Ludwig or Charles Ludwig because people thought that Ludwig was his family name. When in fact it was uh, Wetzel. So if you want to research him, uh, even though we know he's not the Ripper, uh, quite obviously, uh, still a lunatic though, uh, it might be useful to have a look at the uh, or research for the family name of Wetzel instead of looking for the searching for the family name of Ludwig. Um, and that's what I mean when I say it's quite useful sometimes to uh, have a look at certain words, names, expressions, whatever, from their linguistic and cultural uh, point of view. For example, I just had another thought. Um, the, the chalk message, the Jews are the men that will not be blamed for nothing. Um, so, of course, Jews, the way it was written, is different from the English version that it was spelled. Still, it's, the, it's, it's pronounced the same way. Uh, Jews, J-U-W-E-S, that's the way it was written. Uh, and it's pronounced just like J-E-W-S, Jews. But the way it's written, it's much closer, for example, to the German word Juden, the Juden, the Jews, uh, J-U-D-E-N. So maybe it's whoever wrote this mes message, uh, maybe that was a kind of mixture between two languages. I'm not going to say that it, the writer was from Germany. It's just, just a thought that I had in mind. Uh, maybe it's also quite close to, to Yiddish, but that's another example of, uh, yeah, where could this idea to write the word that way uh, come from linguistically and culturally? Um, this is an interesting story. I wanted to include that because as said, we'll, we'll go chronologically. So now we're still in September. It's again Cologne newspaper, that, but that's a story that I uh, haven't heard about before. Maybe some of you did. Um, if you did, let me know. Um, I'm going to read it in German first, then give the translation. It says, Selbstverständlich glaubt man jetzt überall, wo Blut fließt, den Stahl des Whitechapel-Mörders zu entdecken. Vorgestern Morgen ward ein Frauenzimmer nach dem St. George's Hospital geschafft, welches blutig in Downstreet in Piccadilly lag. Bald wurde erzählt, dass ihr fast der Kopf vom Rumpfe getrennt worden. Auch versammelte sich dort eine große Menschenmenge. Bei näherer Erkundigung aber stellte sich heraus, dass sie bei einem Streite einen Nasenstüber erhalten hatte, der das betreffende Organ zum Bluten veranlasste. Which in English means... It goes without saying that wherever there is blood, the steel of the Whitechapel murderer is believed to be present. The morning before yesterday, a woman was taken to St. George's Hospital, lying bloody in Down Street in Piccadilly. That is the woman, not the hospital. It was soon said that her head had almost been severed from her torso, and a large crowd gathered there, but on further inquiry, it was found that she had received a blow to the nose in a quarrel, which caused the organ in question to bleed. Quite an interesting story. I've, been, I've not heard about that before. As I said, maybe some of you did. 
but I thought it's also a nice example of um, having a look at different uh, or yeah press reports from all over the world to maybe come across some stories that are not that familiar or maybe even find some facts or proofs or whatever statements uh, that are not that familiar and should be included in the research. Who knows what will be uncovered there. Um, of course, the letters are also mentioned on the 4th of October, 1888, the colonial Whether the letters are the work of the fun-loving murderer or a murder-free practical joker, they don't fail to serve their purpose in so far as they take the fear in the East End to an extreme. And then... Here it is, uh, the name Jack the Ripper uh, is obviously now, it's, on, it's out there, it's on the scene because the, the uh, letters have been signed by Jack the Ripper. But what about it? What about Germany? Or what about German newspapers? They re report about the name too, and it appears for the first time in the newspapers, but here for example and i think that was at least as far as i saw it uh, it was everywhere in, in all the newspapers it was that way they also translate uh, translated the name they didn't say jack the ripper but wrote jack der aufschlitzer which means jack the ripper and i thought it quite interesting because obviously today uh, nobody in germany says jack der aufschlitzer we also use the Uh, English term Jack the Ripper, but I think it's quite interesting that they used Jack the Aufschlitzer uh, back then, and I wonder, I don't know why uh, or when, um, I can have a look at that, but I um, haven't done it yet, I don't know when this changed, I don't know when uh, people stopped calling him Jack the Aufschlitzer and started calling him Jack the Ripper too, uh, or if it happened very shortly afterwards. I don't know. I really don't know. But I thought it's interesting that they call him uh, Jack der Aufschlitzer. So I'm going to jump ahead to the English translation of this text right away. It's from the Dortmunder Nachrichten uh, from the 9th of October 1888. And it says, In the east end of London, a reign of terror has officially begun. Trade and commerce have come to a standstill in the criminal streets, and the female part of the population ventures out in the evening only under heavy cover like the one that we saw on the first page in the Austrian newspaper. Um, those who might be able to provide useful information tremble and hesitate at the thought of the cutthroat's vengeful murder weapon, and only reluctantly are the female friends of the murdered women persuade, persuaded to look at the corpses in order to ascertain their names and origins. The only thing they have in mind is the alleged letter of the murderer, who a few weeks ago determined the number of his future victims to be 20. And to this have been added two real letters, written in red ink and full of ghastly scorn, which arrived at the office of a local telegraph agency last Thursday and yesterday morning. They are signed by Jack the Ripper. And here it says, as you can see, Jack, dem Aufschlitzer, Jack der Aufschlitzer. So, uh, yeah, I thought that was nice. Another um, report from the Dortmunder Nachrichten uh, from 14th of November, 1888, after the Mary Kelly murder. Uh, I included that because I thought it's quite interesting to see how many fake news, if you like, 
um, have been uh, in there. Um, I'm also just going to read the English version because I think the German uh, version is not that interesting for you. Uh, there can be little doubt that the grisly murder committed again yesterday morning in Whitechapel, under exactly the same circumstances as before, was the work of the same monster who has for weeks been terrorizing the east end of London now. The scene of yesterday's crime is not 200 yards from Hanbury Street, where Nichols was killed. The one murdered yesterday was an Irish woman, 23 or 24 years of age, and lived with a cold man named Kelly, who passed her off as his wife. Like most wenches of her class, she was heavily addicted to drink and went by the derisive name of Ginger. She occupi occupied a furnished room in Dorset Street, to which the entrance of Miller's Court led. The house was rented by a grocer named McCarthy. Um, so, of course, obviously there are a few mistakes in here. First of all, they kept repeating about the murder yesterday. If it's true that the newspaper was that the article is from the 14th of November, that doesn't match, but maybe there was some kind of delay in printing the report, I don't know. Uh, and then, of course, Marie Nichols was not killed in Hanbury Street, uh, Annie Chapman was, so there's a mistake. Also, the name, uh, the way uh, the, the name is um, written is wrong. Um, and I think the call man named Kelly, <laughs> the supposed partner of Mary Kelly, it's quite interesting, quite an interesting addition to the story. Um, and I kept thinking again, how many uh, newspaper articles or statements are out there in various languages that include this wrong kind of information, but sometimes they might even include some uh, useful information um, that we haven't stumbled, stumbled across yet, uh, stumbled upon yet, um, because they kind of, yeah, they, they've been forgotten and haven't looked again yet, uh, looked at again, sorry. Um, yeah, so maybe it is useful or interesting to look at certain newspaper articles from all over the world. I keep repeating that, I know. Um, of course, there were also some German news of the murders outside of Germany. Um, and I included a couple of examples too. Um, I already showed you the uh, Austrian uh, image and it's particularly interesting uh, when we come to how uh, to certain suspects, to how it, they, it was written, how the news reported about them, because obviously some of the suspects um, weren't from, from Great Britain, but from other parts of the world. And in these parts of the world, um, they were, uh, the, the press wrote about them not particularly because of the Ripper murders, but because of other things they did, other crimes they committed. Um, and so it's quite interesting to have a look at these two. For example, I found this really interesting about, uh, it's from the Fremdenblatt, an Austrian and Hungarian newspaper who writes about uh, Alois Schemeredi after his suicide on October, uh, they wrote the article on October 9th, 1892. Um, and it says, Schemeredi, der Selbstmörder von Pressburg im Stadtpanoptikum Kohlmarkt sehen, frappant ähnlich dargestellt nach der höchstgelungenen Fotografie, welche ihn wie bekannt nach seinem Tode im Hofe des Landeskrankenhauses darstellt. 
Entree 20 Kronen sind ihr Kinder die Hälfte. In Englisch it says, Shimmeretti, the suicide of Bratislava in the city panopticon at Kohlmarkt 10. Strikingly similar to the extremely good photograph, which, as is known, depicts him after his death in the courtyard of the National Hospital. Entree, 20 crowns, children, half. So they put up a, a wax figure uh, of him after his suicide. Uh, he seemed to have been a quite famous criminal uh, in Austria. And uh, yeah, I thought it's just interesting to include these, these stories and, and weird kind of Uh, reports. Also, of course, Karl Feigenbaum uh, was a German suspect, and the Deutscher Correspondent, which is a or was a German newspaper in Baltimore, Maryland, I think they stopped in uh, 1914 when the First World War broke out. Um, they reported about Feigenbaum and his trial uh, on April 29, 1896, and They, on this, in this article, they say, perhaps Feigenbaum was none other than Jack the Ripper. Twice in his time in London, he, uh, the suspected woman killer could be described by people who had seen and heard him speak. The description matched Feigenbaum's appearance. A sailor seemed to be Jack the Ripper, and he spoke German and English with a German accent. In age, both seemed to have matched as well. So I think this is quite interesting. Because I don't, I'm, I'm not sure, I'm not too much into Karl Feigenbaum and his, why he, or when he became a suspect. But then I wonder, maybe an article like that was the, the source of him becoming a suspect. Um, because, yeah, I think it's just interesting that they mention it. Have they started the rumor or have they picked up the rumor? Um, I think it's worth to look at that if one is into Karl Feigenbaum, which I'm not that much, but whoever is, it's quite interesting. And if you need someone to have a look at uh, German newspaper articles, feel free to get in touch with me. Um, I will help you translate and interp interpret them. And this leads me again to Feigenbaum um, and to the question, if he can be exonerated by German newspaper paper articles, because if, I think if I am correct that um, uh, it was Trevor Marriott who put forward, put forward uh, Karl Feigenbaum as a Ripper suspect. And in his, um, in his kind of interpretation, he um, names a number of murders that Feigenbaum was said to have committed. Um, And one of them is a murder in the north of Germany in, I think it's October, but in 1889. Uh, he was supposed to have killed a prostitute named um, Luisa Stolz in Flensburg. And uh, there were reports about that in uh, British newspapers. And these reports were the source for Trevor Marriott to include this murder in his um in his idea that the Feigenbaum might have been Jack the Ripper. But when we look at German newspapers from that area and from that time, we find no report whatsoever about the murder of a prostitute in Flensburg. In fact, the only um, story that we find that might somehow fit 
into this um yeah in, in there is uh the following story um i'm gonna jump to the english version right away and it's about a 10 year old girl that was found dead um on the beach and uh, the hamburger from blood are hamburg based a newspaper uh, says on 15th uh, of uh, october 1889 the little creature was discovered on the slope, but as a corpse. The overhanging layer of earth had partially buried the child, the legs were exposed, and traces in the sand suggested that the death by suffocation had ended the young life. And two days later, they wrote, as already reported by Telegraph, the reported accident of the buried 10-year-old girl Petersen from, Bla from Blasberg has turned out to be a sex murder in its most gruesome form. So maybe this was the source of the legend of the murder of a prostitute in Flensburg. And then two days later, the Nordostetzeitung writes that what was reported yesterday on the basis of a rumor generally spread here about the murder of a 10-year-old girl in Blasberg must be redressed after inquiring at the responsible place to the effect that the autopsy could not state a committed crime. It therefore remains possible that the child actually found its death by burial in the sand mountain by natural means. So no murder, no sex murder, no prostitute that was killed. And maybe this is to you, this example is useful for looking at um, not only Feigenbaum, but at uh, various suspects and um, maybe just having a look at did some of the things that they uh, were said to have, some of the crimes that they were said to have committed, did they really happen? If we look at the newspaper articles or um, whatever is there from the country where, where it was said to be, to have been committed. Because then we might find, just like in this case, that um, there never was a murdered prostitute called Luisa Stolz in Flensburg. And that Feigenbaum was most certainly not the killer, uh, at least not of this girl, and maybe not of any woman. Now, and that was wrong. I think he was the killer, but doesn't matter. Uh, you know what I mean. <laughs> I'm going to continue now. Um, okay, Jack the Ripper in Germany today. We don't have too much time anymore, so I'm going to try to cut this short a bit, because obviously uh, I've left out uh, a long period between 1888 and now but um, so what's Jack the Ripper like in Germany today what do we know uh, and how is he treated and the case how is the case treated and the history um, so of course people know Jack the Ripper but it's um, basically the same as everywhere else in the world uh, when we ask when you ask someone who is Jack the Ripper uh, they have this tall figure in mind, um, black coat, top hat, uh, the leather bag and the knife and disappearing into the London fog. And many people don't know if he was fact or fiction, just like people may, may think that Sherlock Holmes was a real existing person. Um, and Jack the Ripper might have been faction. So, uh, fiction. So, um, yeah, it's just, uh, as it is probably everywhere in the world if someone has not uh, really dealt with the Ripper case. Um, 
one or two contemporary examples that I want to mention because we also have ripper fiction here. What's interesting, we don't have uh, much um, uh, 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 we, we don't really have any good literature about the ripper here. Um, there are one or two examples. There's a very good German kind of case book by Thomas Schachner. Um, um, but apart from that, there's not really much literature. We have some of the books that were published in Great Britain or the US. Um, some have been translated, but not very many. Uh, for example, the Patricia Cormier book, of course, was translated into German. Walter Sickert, Walter Sickert, he was from Germany, and also she's uh, a famous crime author. So, of course, this was translated into German. Um, I think the Hayley Rubenholt book has, was also translated. And uh, But apart from that, we don't really have much. And when I kind of became a, rip a ripperologist, as I said, I typed it into Google when I was 16, Jack the Ripper. And um, I ended up on jacktheripper.de, so the German website about the, the case, which is a really good one. And I sat there all evening, all night, and read everything, and I was fascinated. I was hooked. But when I wanted to find out more, I already said we don't have uh, a huge community. So there was also a forum, but it was like, I don't know, 10 people who were discussing there, which was nice, quite personal actually. But there's not really a huge community. So obviously I then, just like everybody else did and does, um, looked at the casebook and found huge community if you like of which we are part of and then i started reading uh, english literature about the ripper so i ordered many books and read them in english which was okay since i loved english literature culture and language and uh, yeah but that's i think there was a bit when looking back i think it's a bit sad that there is not a lot of um information or deep information apart from the great book by uh, Thomas Schachner about the Ripper uh, and that not many many books have been uh, translated for example whoever there is where whoever there is whoever you want um, it's a bit sad because I mean most people can speak English and read English but in the end not that many really care that much about the language or that are that good <laughs> with the language to read a full book um so that's a bit of a shame but as i said we have a um a bit of fiction uh contemporary fiction for example there was this movie called uh jack the ripper and a frau jagt ein murder jack the ripper a woman chases a murderer and it was um quite big a couple of years ago it was only on tv not in, in the cinema but uh, there was a lot of marketing uh, for this movie um, and the, what they did the good thing they did was they kind of fairly well cre recreated the east end whitechapel and spitalfields of the uh, late 19th century but that's actually that's the, the only good thing uh, the rest is really bad it's a really terrible movie um, 
the idea is quite good because the main protagonist is called Anna Kosminski. And so whoever wrote the script really dealt with the case and had some knowledge because she was then supposed to be the sister of Aaron Kosminski. She came to England to live with her family and found out that her brother was in the asylum and that he was supposed to be uh, Jack the Ripper. And then, of course, it's her. She, she goes out to find out uh, the truth about the, the killings and who the real murderer was and try to, you know, um, so, the, so that not her brother was to be... Um, Ah, I forgot the word. I'm sorry. So it, it wasn't to be her brother. That was Jack the Ripper. Um, so yeah, but then you can tell that the production company came in and said, no, 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 no. First of all, we need a love story. And I think they included, included lo a love story with her and Abilene. Um And then they had this really ridiculous scenes. Like, for example, she goes into a pub, just arrived in London, goes into a pub has a drink someone had put something into her drink um, she passes out and instead of robbing her of her things and her goods right away she wakes up in the backyard of the pub and a couple of men come out and try to rob her and then of course she kicks some ass to show the audience that she's a, um, a very strong woman which is a good thing but the idea is just it wouldn't have happened that way if they wanted to rob her. They would have robbed her in the pub and not drag her out and wait for her to wake up um, and then try to steal her things. And the Ripper, for example, you can see him in one of the pictures. He keeps wearing this hood in which he also commits his crimes. So I don't need to say much about that. I think uh, he would have been caught... Uh, maybe even before he could have committed a murder if he had run around in the East End like that. And of course, spoiler alert for those who want to see the movie, uh, the murderer is someone who never really existed. It's the chief police inspector, not Aberline, but someone else, a person that never existed, who committed the crimes. And the, the crimes themselves, I think only the Mary Kelly murder has shown, is uh, presented in the it's it's very far from reality. So not a good not a good movie. But if you want to watch some Ripper trash, <laughs> you can do it. Um, we also have some literature, some fiction. For example, uh, Robert C. Marley is a German author. I think uh, that's not his real name, um, but he wrote a series uh, of books with Inspector Swanson, Donald Sutherland Swanson, as the main character. Um, it's the main protag protagonist, and I think the second case is Inspector Swanson and their father Jack the Ripper. Inspector Swanson and the case Jack the Ripper. Um, I don't know if you have some of you have read that or if you know Robert C. Marley. Uh, if I remember correctly, it's been a couple of years ago. Uh, it was okay, it wasn't brilliant, um, it wasn't that bad, but I mean, it's personal taste anyway, so. Uh, you can give that a try if you will. But I can say that I did not read more, any more of his books. I only read this one and then uh, that was it for me. So I should actually just tell you now how I became a recorologist. I did that for a bit already, but 
uh, I think I'm running out of time. So maybe we can postpone that to the Q&A if you're interested. If not, that's okay too. <laughs> I don't have to bore you with my personal experiences. I'm going to say a last few words uh, from, for this presentation. As I said, my name is Philip Rutgers, and you can find my London stuff and my London ramblings on londonbeyondtimeandplace.com. Um, by the way, yeah, this is me on the left on my first visit to the East End uh, many years ago and very hungover, but maybe I can tell that story uh, afterwards. Down there, this is me in Mitre Square with my sister Kate. She has her camera and we were filming a video. And up there I am in the former location of Miller's Court and in the Brown Bear in Neiman Street, enjoying a pint, having a pint, just like here. So uh, I hope to have a pint with some of you too. Uh, not only virtually, but in real life. I did with, with some of you. But yeah, I thank you. And uh, the time is up for me. I thank you very much. And I'm looking forward to the Q&A now. Thank you very much and uh, see you. Bye.